welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. All right, welcome to this installment of Coffee Talk. (laughs) I'm joined here by my friend Kristen Gorder. As always, this episode is dedicated to the wonderful and magnificent Barbara Jones Streisand. <laughs> like we're smoking cigars and drinking whiskeys in here. What is this? That's right. This is. Uh, <clears throat> so, how is your voice doing? I'm doing. Um, I think I'm back. Yeah, yeah. You do sound a lot I better. I'm back, and I think <clears throat> I can get through most of this uh, podcast without coughing. So. Yeah, your laughing has been pretty smooth, so I feel like that's the. That's I will cough. I will cough. Watch that. I'll just have a cough attack or something. Nice. <laughs> well, when you do, we'll all evaluate it. Okay, everybody. Uh, all joking aside, this yeah. is now the sixth week of the fall 2022. What year are we in? Um, <laughs> I have no idea. I've lost track. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, nor am I sure how old I am. Um, uh, season, fall season. There you go. So Get it out, after, Doug. We, we are... <laughs> We are over the hump. We are uh, in the in the final couple weeks. Uh, I'll get the dates out for the winter season to you guys soon. Not today, though, so I don't know why I'm even mentioning it. Um, but all right, let's begin with everyone's favorite part: our seltzer review. This week we have um, something that was brought to the Ringwood Community Group Leader uh, lunch that we had there after service. Uh, so shout out to all, all you Ringwood leaders who were there, had a Woo-hoo. good time, and especially to those who weren't. I'm very hurt. <laughs> so they don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. It's got, <laughs> those things coincide. Oh, that was a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. We're getting um, there. So this is uh, so this is Lidl brand L I D L. Yeah, that's a German supermarket. It is, and I believe there's one in Pompton Lakes and Elmwood Park. You, I don't know. All right, all right, all right. This is blackberry cucumber. This was contributed by Enrique to this. I didn't try well, it yesterday. What, the okay. aroma hits your nose. Oh my goodness! And let it. For the record, before I try this, let it be known I hate cucumber drinks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. This is. I feel like we have. We'll just. Yeah, I feel like a lot of seltzers have cucumber in it, whereas. Like, I kind of like cucumber water. Do you I like cucumber? No. You don't like cucumber no. water? I like eating cucumbers. I do not dr- like drinking them. Do you it's like- just like I don't like pulp in my orange juice. Mm. I'd rather eat an orange, not yeah. chew my juice. You don't juice. like pulp in orange juice? I, <laughs> I can dig some pulpy orange juice. All right. Cheers. All right. Let's try this. Blackberry cucumber by Little. <laughs> this is cough medicine. <laughs> so it should be. It should help you. Uh, that is the last sip I will try. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I'm going to be having two. Holy cow. And it, the taste doesn't go away. No, it's, it we, lingers. We have to sit here now. And I just ate a can of tuna fish. So it's like. How's that go together? It's like a blackberry cucumber tuna right here. Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, it's not going to stop me from drinking it. But I, I might drink a little more. This but. is very. I can't say I recommend it. It's so. like um, blackberry. It's like cough syrup with followed by a shot of dirty water, which is the- <laughs> <laughs> no offense. It is. To That's a, yeah, no offense. Like he puts on a wonderful pizza party. He had like pizza. There were some wings. Um, yeah, there were um, cakes. There were cakes because we had some November birthdays. So, no offense there. Uh, but I can see why you put these at the bottom of the cooler. Uh, so it says, and it, and I lo- look what it says on it. It says naturally flavored with, with natural other flavors with other natural flavors. <laughs> like to put it twice. I was like, it did. I don't know if the person who wrote that speaks English. They might not. That's they might not. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, let's one. get this behind us. One. So you're a one bubble. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Again, I will be sipping this throughout the episode and probably belching into the microphone. Regretting it all yeah. the way. Mm. Oh, I have man. no other drink here, so I might actually have to 
drink more of it myself yeah. as we continue talking. But yeah, Ross, Tiffany, I know you gave me that lime last week, uh, you know, on the promise that it would be gross. But if you haven't tried Little's <laughs> Blackberry Cucumber, then you ain't tasted nothing yet. <laughs> Um, this might be on my, my list of, although the other, I can't remember the other cucumber one. I absolutely yeah, hated yeah, that. Yeah, that one from Target. Yeah, that I, was. I put that one behind behind me. All right. Yeah. We'll try to have a good one next week. <laughs> when I'm not so, here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'll save the disgusting ones. Um, all right. Let's get into our study let's here, shall this. we? Okay. So uh, this week we're going to be uh, looking at Acts 19 verses uh, 1 through 31, despite uh, Ryan Batesel's efforts to not preach the first part of the um, – despite your best efforts, Ryan, we're, we're going through the whole thing. I don't think he listens to this either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we should put stuff – we should like say stuff to, to test him. Um uh, Franey, however, did in Ringwood, so that was uh, that was nice. Franey actually did you so? Okay, so Franey's mother-in-law right now is living with my mom because <laughs> our families are good friends from way back, and she's moving, and and so there's like a couple weeks where she you know just needs a place, and they get along great, but they're kind of like the Golden Girls, <laughs> and and my mom has a cat, of course. And Franny's mother-in-law has a cat. Oh, no, that's a and lot of cats. So, yeah, so so as not to add to the, you know, living in close quarters dynamic, uh, the, her cat is at Franny's house. Oh, and he's... And he's allergic. Really allergic. He's yeah. like me. And so, and so yesterday, <laughs> he's praying. He made it through the sermon okay. I didn't have his usual chutzpah because he was feeling it. <laughs> Um, but then in the prayer, at the end of the prayer, he's like, he's finishing up, and starts going like this, and I, and I'm like, oh, he's crying, he's into it, and like, nope, he's he's like, did you hear cat like, allergies? Cat allergies. <laughs> so yeah, that was after the second service. Um, oh, that's so funny. Okay, so uh, as far as announcements are concerned, you got a lot of the same stuff here. You got the family dedication coming up, uh, the worship night coming up on November 20th. But then also, registration is open for the Winter Blast Winter Student Retreat. Nice. This year, they'll be at Camp Orchard Hill, January 20th through 22nd. Registration is open via the digital bulletin until November 18th. So, get those kids signed up, folks. Get, get them signed up. That is well in advance. Well, they need to. I guess they need to. We need to know the numbers, to work, right? Yeah, I used to work in youth ministry, and you need mm. you need a lot of. Oh, because it's like you're chasing people down and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Don't be don't be that person. <laughs> okay. I'm sure I I would totally be that person. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. And for the icebreaker, name a musical artist you used to think was awesome, but now think is terrible. Uh, hmm. Yeah. I got no answers for yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got you leaders have time in advance for that that fun <laughs> one. I'm trying to think of who I might. Uh, I might. Uh, oh, okay. I got. I got one. No, mine's too obscure. I listened to t- so much like obscure stuff when I was a kid. Hannah Montana. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doug's playlist. Yeah. No, it's like this British. It was like this British alternative band called The Pop Will Eat Itself. Oh my. P-W-E-I, and I used to be, like, so into them in maybe seventh grade, and I tried playing it for my wife in the car a few weeks ago, and she's like, what is this garbage? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> it is garbage. Who put this there on? There was recently I played a song from the 90s that I love, and I still love it because it goes, sleep, no, I never get enough, always waking up tired. <laughs> it's so good. Who is that? En Vogue? No, there's like a, I think he might have been a Christian artist, like a 90s Christian Sleep? No, artist. I never did it. I, yeah, it's hey, good. I mean, it I, good. I can relate. Look it up, guys. I can relate. I'm a 5 a.m. riser. All right. Let's 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 just jump right in now. Acts Nine 19. minutes into the podcast. Okay. Acts 19 <laughs> gives us a glimpse of Paul's three-year ministry in the city of Ephesus. Uh, which takes place roughly A.D. 52-54, the third largest city in the Roman Empire. After Roman Alexandria, I I butchered that sentence, but I'm going to keep going. Luke, the author of Acts, I'm looking at Kristen's face (laughs) as she sips the seltzer. 
Luke, the author of Acts, gives us a condensed version of the events that transpired, and several additional details can be filled in from Paul's various letters that were written from there, such as an additional trip across the sea to Corinth, and probably an imprisonment that occurred at, after the events of this chapter, see below. By the time he left, a thriving church was established there, which would become one of the most prominent centers of Christianity, pastored at least for some time by Paul's protege, Timothy. Cool. All right. And in case you don't like uh, reading, we got some more stuff for you. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and read Acts 19 verses 1 through 7. All right. Uh, 1 through 7. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. Okay. Um, all right. So the first thing we're told about in Ephesus are these guys. So uh, I've got another thing that kind of like helps explain this a little bit because it's a little weird, right? Like that they're, they come across some disciples of John and then, you know, like, what do these guys think? Well, let me tell you, it is unclear what was and wasn't understood by the 12 disciples of John the Baptist, whom Paul encountered when he first arrived at Ephesus. We know that John preached repentance from sin in anticipation of the coming Messiah, whom he openly declared to be Jesus, right? Uh, Luke tells us that right here. Um, John's disciples had at least two interactions with Jesus' disciples. Among them, there was confusion, and among them, there was confusion owing to the fact that Jesus had not assumed his role as an earthly king while John wallowed in prison. Right, so think of it like, are you the one who yeah. is to come, or should we expect another? Yeah, and that's when, what John said. That's what John yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's definitely not what Jesus said to John. Um, <laughs> when 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 they express ignorance of the Holy Spirit, this probably does not mean that they are unaware of his existence, since John preached that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and at his baptism the Spirit visibly descended on Jesus. Bearing all this in mind, it seems likely that they are unaware of the centrality of the cross and his resurrection, the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name, and the outpouring of the Spirit on all believers. So, all right. Um, yeah, all right. Um, <clears throat> so that seems to be what's going on there. So the first question of this week is, give an example of someone today who understands important truths about God and Jesus and yet is ignorant about God's forgiveness through him and the Holy Spirit's empowerment that comes to those who trust him. Oh, geez. Mm. I think, um, you know, I think when you start thinking of it, you could probably think about, think of a lot of examples. So I think, for example, of people who bring Jesus, uh, like politicians, oh. who will, you know, uh, we want to maintain good Christian values yeah. and things like that, like that kind of God stuff. God bless America. God bless, bless America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, That's a good impression. You should do the rest of the episode in that voice. <laughs> That's like Rocky and Bullwinkle light. <laughs> um, I see. So just kind of slapping the name of Jesus on to uh, kind of get get the vote or whatever it yeah. might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think a lot of like cultural Christianity is kind of like that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we deal with that less and less as the years Hashtag go on. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is? That what that that's a thing? Has, yeah. It was a thing. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's still a thing, nice. but it was a thing. It's just every they even had it on pillows and t-shirts. Really? Blessed. Yeah. Huh. You you missed it. How what do I not doing? have one of those shirts? <laughs> Well, you will have one now. I'd like some hashtag blessed socks <laughs> if anyone wants to send them my way. So, th yeah, that, that's something that sticks out to me a lot. But, um, you know, you might know someone in your life who's, you know, very um, uh, uh, kind of very interested in maybe like a Christianity light. And I think I think the distinction here is like that it's 
there's a lot of things that you can make like a uh, like um, a tangential connection with Jesus, like a mm. like a sort of connection with him, like you know, um, Joel Osteen. Yeah, yeah, Joel. Okay, there you go, <laughs> there you go. Um, whereas, like the actual core of like who he is and what he did is is absent. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things, by the way, that like you know, going back to the political example, I think you know when we talk about Christian about America like being a Christian nation or something like that um, or being founded on Christian values like that always I I get what they're saying but it's like I also kind of really disagree because there's no sense in which I would call anything Christian in which the gospel is missing Mm. you know Um, and that isn't actually focused on the cross centered on the cross Mm -hmm. like I think that that's very very biblical to say, right? Like yeah. That if uh, you're not really speaking about Jesus, if you're not speaking about the whole reason why he came, and if stuff's not based around that, and I could not expect a government to be based around that. Right. You know, and so although we might like to, you know, kind of pick and choose some moral principles we might like, um, saying that something is Christian because of that, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's almost like, I don't know, it's a, it's almost like, you know, you get the a fuss about t- whether the Ten Commandments are hanging somewhere or not. <laughs> and, you know, I think the Ten Commandments are great, right? But I wouldn't say that that, like, I, I hear that and I'm, and I'm like, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth was given through Jesus mm. Christ. You know, is a Christian to hang up the law of Moses in a building, even if the law of Moses is good and true and from God? You know? Yeah. So, um, anyway. Yes, you should hang the Ten Commandments, <laughs> but that doesn't make a Christian is my point. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you, a lot can yeah. be said for, uh, like, I remember going to Christian stores or, like, Christian movies and Christian books and just be like, mm-hmm. they slap, like, oh, this is Christian. Mm-hmm. Even though nothing about it is Christian, it was just marketed to Christians. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a, apparently a good market. Apparently, we buy a lot of stuff. Buy a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's right. Like... <laughs> Lousy seltzer from Little. Okay. <laughs> oh, poor Enrique. I'm sorry, Enrique. We, he can take it. We appreciate it. That's, what, we that's appreciate how he, he knows I love him. All right. Um, how would you explain the gospel to someone like this? I mean, I think first I would want to identify what, like you said, like the gospel itself is missing from, from like the core of what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you would explain the gospel the way you would typically ex- explain it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. I I think um this makes me think of Paul in Athens the from the other week, yeah. right? Where you like he doesn't start by like going for the jugular, right? right. He starts by saying Graciously. I can see that in every way you are very religious. Yeah. You know? And uh, generations, uh, you know, past, you know, God created everyone that they might feel his way to him. And here are some ways in which you're clearly doing that. Uh, But the time of ignorance has passed. And now he 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 commands everyone everywhere to repent. Yeah. You know, and to this, he's given uh, evidence by raising this man from the dead, you know, highlighting what they've got right. And then um, pointing out what's missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, And pointing back to scripture. Yep, pointing back to scripture. I mean, this might be a place to really, you know, press also the idea that we are accepted by God because, uh, not because mm-hmm. of works. Yeah. Right? Right, but so, okay, let's go ahead and read that next section. Uh, Acts 8 through 19, 8 through 10. 19, 8 through 10. I didn't want to say 8 to 10 because then you, I didn't want you to read <laughs> chapters 8 through eight 10. To 10. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's see. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading with them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. Yeah, he was a dinosaur. This this continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. All right. Did I say that? How so, did, is that how you say it? Yeah. Ty, I would say Tyrannus. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like. Tyrannosaurus a, Rex. That's right. Um, he, <laughs> with his wife, Pterodactyl. Okay. Um, 
After three months of reasoning from the word of God in the synagogue to people who stubbornly persisted in unbelief, one can imagine that it may have been tempting to water down his message to appeal to people who didn't see eye to eye with him. But he didn't. Instead, he changed his location and continued to preach faithfully for two years, which eventually resulted in the spread of the gospel throughout the entire province of Asia. Man, I am a chatty Kathy this week. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it important for Christians to not modify the message of Jesus in order to make it more palatable, palatable to unbelievers? Mm. How does this differ from contextualization, which, as we have seen, is entirely wise and biblical? Yeah. I mean, I think you a prime example is kind of where we find ourselves today with the state of the church in in the United, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, you there's splits and divisions and I think um that the start of it it was just hope to open up church and uh the truth of the gospel to a, a wider range of people, but in mm-hmm. order to do that, um small compromises became big compromises as far as what scripture I mean, it's not even big compromises. They threw just the baby out with the bathwater eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Abandoned. Just took dynamite to the foundation. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you just become picking and choosing what you believe and what you disbelieve about the Bible and mm. scripture and who God is and yeah. what the gospel actually means. Yeah, I like the picking and choose. You, you essentially like make yourself God. Yeah, Whereas absolutely. God is like, this is yeah. what's of central importance. You're yeah. like, hey, you know what? Yeah. No, actually, yeah. this is. Exactly. Yeah. And it kind of goes in a lot of directions, right? Because I think um, it can go in a very like leftward direction, right? And oh, yeah. suddenly it, it's about like not having any stand, the church not having any moral standards for, mm-hmm. you know, who, who it admits into membership and things like mm-hmm. that. But it can also go kind of like pretty Legalistic. like towards towards yeah towards yeah. legalism abandoning grace abandoning grace um, you know making it um, as if the um, the the church is there to or Jesus is there to give you an American dream mm. right you want to have a strong family you should you should accept Jesus now I do think that that's obviously a byproduct of a good godly marriage right tends to be that mm-hmm. but like what we what we um what we put out there is kind of like what we win them to and that's that's like the kind of discipleship that gets uh, that that's that's what discipleship ends up looking like yeah um i think um yeah. the second part of the question how how does this differ from contextualization which we have seen is entirely wise and biblical um with what paul does in act 17 mm. i think contextualization is showing how Jesus is and the resurrection and the gospel and that showing how God is still good, even if this maybe particular issue is confusing to you, Mm. showing how this scripture is still truth, even Mm. in um, like an area that's difficult. Yeah. Like being able to present it in a wise way, in a tactful way. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of... um, yeah, peeling off the the blindness to show like you're feeling this way about what the Bible says, mm. but let me show you why God is still good in that and why there is a purpose behind it. I like that. It's a it's the positive to thing too, right? You're not you're not like presenting it as a negative. Yeah. You're presenting it as a positive. Like that's the you know so as opposed to like you shouldn't sleep with this person and that person and that person only. Rather you put like um a um you show them the positive design mm-hmm. for marriage right. or for, for relationships that right. God has made. Yeah. And, and even acknowledging like, yeah, some of this stuff is, is hard and uh, it's, it's probably going to take time in the work of the Holy spirit in your life to um, maybe get fully on board, but God can handle your questions. Yep. Um, and it's important to use scripture as the measuring stick, not my feelings as the measuring stick. Yeah. The other thing that I would add is that um, a lot of this has to do with just knowing your audience, knowing whom you're speaking to and how they're hearing you. Um, mm. That's a, that's for any kind of communication. That is always something that is central. Um, just, just knowing, knowing where somebody you're talking to is at. Fun fact. 
So we actually just paused because someone woke up from her nap. <laughs> a little prematurely. That's right. So Darcy is joining us now as well. You'll um, probably hear her. Yeah. So if you hear point. crying, it's either me or Darcy. <laughs> Um, okay. Just, just kicking, <laughs> kicking Doug's legs under the desk. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Move faster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Sons of Skiva. Sons of Skiva. Name. Yeah, I, had, I didn't even look uh, how to pronounce it correctly. Uh, so let's just go with Skiva. Um, he can... skeeves us out. Oh, nice. Good one. I, you... can, I can read this. Section. Are you good? All right. Yeah. Uh, 11 through 16. Yep. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. And their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but who are you? And the men in whom was the evil spirit left on them, mastered all of them and overpowered them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. All right, <laughs> nice. This, this passage is just wild. Yeah. <laughs> so I looked it up while you were reading. Skewa. Skewa? Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like S key S key. Key's not a letter. <laughs> K-E-U-A. Yeah. Skewa. But so um uh this I so I as I said, I was in Ringwood for the message and I so I just read Ryan's and I laughed out loud when I heard what he was about planning on saying on this. Was it hilarious? Like uh, it sounded like what he was describing here was like if you get in a fight. Oh this guy, yes, it was hilarious. Uh, the room, oh the room loved it. <laughs> I, I I rarely laugh at reading something, but uh. yeah, uh, Ryan Batesel. I thought you meant Ryan. Oh yeah, Franny. sorry. Ryan yeah. Batesel uh, had a joke about um, if you were in Ringwood. Yeah. His joke was about if. If you see somebody who's just left a fight and they're not wearing pants, and <laughs> you know, you, you don't need to know much about fighting to know that they lost. You don't have to so. ask who won that one. Yeah, that <laughs> oh, was good. So uh, yeah, things go pretty poorly for these guys. What do the sons of I can't say? We'll go now, with Skiva. Skiva, dude, that was so wrong. Isn't it a good thing to cast out demons? Mm. Well, sure, sure is a good thing to cast out demons. Yes. However. Um, they weren't really invoking Jesus. Yeah. They, they were, were just slapping his name. Yeah. On. Yeah. Yeah. And the, okay. So every time we come across, you come across like the hardcore spiritual warfare stuff where you were like in the Bible and, you know, and, and even in just like, I think it's always important to like admit a fair degree of ignorance, mm. right? Like what we know is that these guys are itinerant exorcists. We don't know whether they were really casting out demons or just saying Putting they on were. Shows. Yeah, you have no idea like what's going on here. And um, like, yeah, uh, it, it, there's just a lot of like missing pieces to this mm. aspect of spiritual reality that we don't know about. So I think we always have to like proceed with caution and like whatever we're teaching here. Uh, although like one thing we can speak with clarity on is that, um, you know, uh, as we're as we will see in the next passage here, like things like magic and divination, those are things that are that are not pleasing in the eyes of God. Yeah. But a lot of this stuff, it's just it's hard to know exactly what's going on. Um, all right. So. Um, so what did they do? What that did was they wrong? do that was wrong? Um, so yeah, I think it's the idea that, um, they're, they're using Jesus's name to, to provide some kind of credibility and maybe to try to tap into some power that they know is there. Essentially in vain. In vain, right? Yeah. Which, which is, yeah, yeah. Which is a, like a fa fancy way of saying like, um, th that, uh, th they're not, they, they want Jesus, whatever he has but they think they can just do it by treating his name as a spell. Whereas mm. like we know that the thing that makes a difference in, in whether or not you, I guess you could say, have the power of Jesus in your life 
is repentance and faith in God and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not becoming believers. They're not right. submitting to him as Lord. They just think that because they can associate Jesus with what they're doing, he's going to have their back. And maybe that's true in some kind of pagan thinking, mm-hmm. right? Where you like you, it's like a tit for tat relationship with the God, but not so with the, the one true God. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, um, I, I almost feel like it's that person who, uh, I don't know. I think of when they make like a TV series Mm -hmm. where there's like a family who's like doing all of these like, um, very not Christian things. And then they end this, the episode with them like praying around the dinner table. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, like Lord, give us this, give us that. And in Jesus' name, amen. And it's like, like blue bloods. <laughs> is that what they do? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've ever uh, seen that one. <laughs> I mean, they seem like pretty moral people in the show, but uh, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's, that's kind of the image I think of. Yeah. Like there's no real, faith there's no real um moment of there's no fruit born of the holy spirit Mm. um in their life yeah and yet they're like and lord give us all these things that we want in jesus i'll tell you that like i feel convicted about that like praying around my dinner table i was thinking the same thing you know yeah (laughs) Yeah. like because like you're praying stuff that (laughs) you want the kids to like latch on to a little bit but like a lot of it you know Mm-hmm. Like that we'll have fun at grandma's house later and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and you're praying stuff. That's like, like it's hard to connect how it's like biblical at all. And then you're like in <laughs> Jesus's name. Amen. <laughs> and so like, I do try, I th- I think we do need to like t- make a, make a, an effort to yeah. steer even requests like that into like at least biblical territory. Right. Well, like using, yeah. using, um, the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. as even a template. Mm. I mean, so much of it is worship and thanksgiving. And there's only one part that's like, give us our daily bread. Give us what we need. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so it's a lot of it is praise. A lot of it is yeah. praying. May your kingdom come as yep. opposed to build, what I want. building my kingdom. Right. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's good. Um and and praying for forgiveness to the extent that you forgive others that's like i like that's like scary to pray <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah yeah um yeah um the other thing that this kind of reminds me of is the way in which i want to be careful because like it there it's done this by people by this way by people who clearly are christians but i just okay I think there can be, I obviously think there's power in the name of Jesus, right? right? But that language can sometimes be, I think, when we talk about like what we- song by that name. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And we talk, when we talk about like, for example, um, uh, uh, when we we talk that way, when we talk about like there being power in the name of Jesus, and and I think it can become kind of like an incantation. Mm. that like just by naming by speaking the name of Jesus it's there's the, the 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 concern is that we would maybe be on the same wavelength as the sons of Sceva that I think that the reason why God is going to hear my prayer is because I'm saying the name mm. right as opposed to whether or not there's true repentance and faith in my heart mm. whether or not this is truly in his name mm-hmm. right meaning it aligns with his will and it's and it's um uh, it's being done in submission to like his when lordship. You, when you tell your kid, like your kid hits another kid, and you're like, "Go say sorry," and they're like, "Sorry." Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's absolutely zero. They're just saying it because they've been told to say it. Yep. Um, yeah. And there's no meaning or weight, actual weight behind it. And even if you've got those things, I I even wonder, like, even if everything, if like your heart is in the right place and everything, like, I even wonder about the idea that simply speaking Jesus's mm. name adds any degree of weight mm. to a prayer in God's eyes. Like, mm-hmm. why do we think God hears our prayers? Mm. Is it because we audibly utter the name of Jesus? Mm. Um, you know, so yeah, uh, that's not to decry say, saying things sure. in the name. And I will always pray in Jesus's name. Amen. 
Um, it's just, I think we need to be careful about, mm. like, try to think as clearly as possible yeah. about this stuff. I think yeah. we kind of hit on the next question, where in your life are you mm. tempted to use the name of Jesus for your own personal gain? And mm -hmm. it's certainly the most tempting for me in prayer. Like, yeah. when I'm, I personally am praying for things, and it's so easy to forget the the confession, the repentance, the worship, the all of the other elements of prayer and just be mm. like, I want this. I want that. Please give me this. Yeah. Help, help so-and-so to feel this way about that thing. You know, like mm -hmm. um, just kind of list my wish list, my Christmas, <laughs> giving God my Christmas <laughs> Dear wish Dear Santa. I mean, yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. So that's definitely it for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, like uh, mine's, mine's significantly darker than that. So don't worry. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I've been a Christian for a while, you know, and I've been a pastor for a while. And, you you know, you swim in the waters of the church, right? And um, and the, the concern is that that can sometimes become, like, very self-aggrandizing. Mm -hmm. And you can use the, um, the church as kind of like, I don't know, you could start thinking of it the way that we, we would think about the world, you know, where this is the place where I could get to be on top, or this is the place where people have to listen to me or people can think that, uh, mm. that I'm great or that I'm cool or, or something like that, you know? And every time you catch yourself thinking like that, you're kind of just like transferring the values of the world into the church. Mm. And in that sense, I think that is a way of using the name of Jesus towards one's own personal gain. Wow. Like, am I, am I doing the things that I do in the church? Because that's just my life now, you know, it's, a, um, um, I think that that can be, uh, quite a temptation. Yeah, I know it is for me. Wow. Yeah. Deep. Dark. As I said, <laughs> yeah. No, that's really good though. It's, it's really good. The checking the motivations. Like, yeah. 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 Cool. Um, yeah, you definitely, yeah. And it's, none of this is meant to like beat people over the head. It's just that like, these are things <laughs> that I think sometimes we cannot be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> If anything, I'm beating myself over the head. Okay. <laughs> Let's look at verses 17 through 20. All right. Um, where are we here? And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who are now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and fault, and found it come to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Oh, Doug finished his drink. I, I still have a full, oh my full gosh. can. <laughs> That's right. I feel like I just like drank a, a bottle of Dynatap. Um, all right. Is it Dynatap or Dynatap? I I don't know what even the bottle looks like, Doug. Email your answers to info <laughs> at emergence.nj.org. Robin will, <laughs> That's right. will kill She'll you. She'll be like, why are all these people emailing me about cough syrup? Okay. All right, leaders, this is a key New Testament passage that shows us that magic and other forms of spiritism are antithetical to the gospel. See, also Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 4. Team, yeah, the the the, uh, the uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, because uh, for it, depending on like who's in your circle of friends, this may seem like the weirdest thing to talk about, right? Like magic and divination and necromancy and like tarot cards and palm reading, but like in talking to even to some of our community group leaders, like there were people who you know struggle with this yeah. there are people or don't struggle but should know be their, maybe know their <laughs> astrology signs and, yeah. and their horoscopes yep. and yeah all that stuff visit palm readers yeah. yeah and this is i think one of those areas where you have to be careful because sometimes people can use modern definitions of things mm. to kind of weasel their way around the, the biblical portrayal so in other words like um and again, for some of you, this might be very close to home. For some of you, this might seem like it's from Mars. But, you know, uh, oh, it's not black magic. This is white magic or this is Wicca yeah. or, the, you know, it's not divination. Tarot card reading is 
that that kind of thing, you know, and um, by trying to just kind of like define them into into uh, more into define them in such a way that they would receive a different yeah. moral judgment from. Yeah, I actually scriptures. just listened to a podcast about about like Wiccan, um, and they're saying that there's you can't. So there's a movement. I'll use quotations there. A mm. movement. I don't know how big it is, but <laughs> but there's people in the the Wiccan um, world okay. who are saying you can be a Christian witch. Mm. Not you can't be Christian Wiccan. Would that make you a Christ witch? A cr- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that would sound. Fun. I think that sounds funny. It does. It sounds like a chip witch. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so. Uh, you might have people in your community group who believe that's true. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, you yeah. can affirm Jesus and also practice. I've heard weirder things before. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, <laughs> again, like it's one of those things that is that in both testaments, it's condemned like hard. Yes. You know, it's. Yes. There's, there's no getting There's not even it. like a moral trajectory argument mm-hmm. or something like that. It's just. uh, Yeah. Sorry, um, we have a very vocal baby crawling around the office, and she's doing pretty hilarious things. That's right. I have a book that I use as a book stop. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is, um, but um, but yeah, she's uh, she's found it. Yeah. Anyway. Fine. Okay. Um, the believers so, in Ephesus stepped forward and burned their magical books. This was a powerful way to sever ties with their old way of life. First, it was costly, for sure. Books were very valuable in the ancient world, and Luke even tells us their value, 50,000 pieces of silver. A piece of silver was a day's wages for a laborer. You do the math. Second, it was permanent. They didn't store them away on shelves with the possibility of returning at a later day for old time's sake. And third, this made it so that no one else could pick up those books and be led astray by them. So it was a pretty efficient way yes. of kind of... Yeah. saying the, the idea of on. the idea on. of book burning just always sounds weird like post world war ii <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> but, but anybody uh, read a fair yeah yeah what is yeah it? i can't think of the numbers for something yeah yeah why um, does god care about whether or not we practice magic and divination i guess we just kind of answered that yeah yeah uh but i mean for 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 the record because i mean you're you're trying to manipulate the world and to gain insight in ways in which, uh, and and even spiritual insight in ways in which God has not authorized. Yeah, um, it's almost like a picture, kind of like similar to like the fruit from the tree. I want knowledge in, of good and evil, mm. but I want it in a way in that God way. has expressly forbid. And, yeah. and not only that, but in a way that He's expressly yeah. forbidden. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's a lot about Him wanting us to rely on Him. Mm-hmm. And the idea that like, uh, and again, I want to tread lightly because it is, it's something that I don't know if we can know a ton about, but there's, there are good spiritual beings and bad spiritual beings and attempting to, um, to have them in your life, to do things in your life in such, such a way, like we're kind of messing with things that we don't understand yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, not that I don't. Not that I think that I. I always like want to be a little bit careful again because um, I don't think that it's the case that like you know it, it that that kind of stuff opens us up to demonic influence in a mm. way that other things don't. Mm. You know, like Satan's like, all right, they busted out the Ouija board, let's go. <laughs> you know, this is our chance. Like, uh, no, um, I think that you could be just as influenced by like reading or watching trash mm. as you could yeah. be, you know, uh, yeah. but, but it is one among several ways sure. in which we are led astray. So okay. what in your life is displeasing to the Lord that you need to sever in a radical way? In the Ringward sermon, Ryan Franey highlighted that this is evidence to the world that we have something better. I'm sorry uh, about yeah. Darcy, y'all. No problem. She's <laughs> feeling convicted. Um, Yes. So what do you need to... So, okay, this is obviously a very personal question. <laughs> She's feeling <laughs> this, it. <laughs> this is obviously a very personal question. And um, and I, I do like how Franny put it, you know, that, that this is... You get rid of these things because you have something better. Yeah. I think we probably... A lot of us have been through this where you realize like, wow, I'm listening to a ton of music that is just putting my mind in the wrong spot or... 
Um, you know, I need to uh, get rid of. Uh, I need to stop watching certain get movies. Sucked and, into a, a Netflix series that yeah yeah proving itself to be yeah 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 yeah. Um, I even yeah I even had an audio book that I got the other day where like halfway through it I'm like you know what this is trash I'm not going to listen to the rest of this <laughs> and um but you know and there's there's more extreme I, I mean a very common example and you obviously have to use a little discretion in your group um but I think pornography is a huge thing how people use the internet right like you want to take steps in advance to cut yourself off from that to make it so that like in your weak moments you don't succumb to things like that and so um yeah so those are just a few examples that come to mind honestly for me it was social media and it sounds extreme but i just realized after a while that um i was leaving like a scrolling session just completely bummed out and (laughs) coveting my like jealous jealous of my friends and family Mm. who had things that i didn't have and i just realized that it was leading me to not an obvious sin like, like nobody else could see it but it was leading me to sin and the best way to handle that and be happier <laughs> yeah, yeah, was yeah. to just not um, contentment, right? It's yeah, leading exactly. you away from being content. Exactly. Lord, yeah. And so I had to like, I'm not on, I have accounts, I think, but um, I'm not on them. Yeah. And it's just better. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to leave Kristen like crazy comments, you <laughs> I will not like, see them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kristen. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's look at, um, where are we? Uh, let's go to uh, chapter 19, verses 21 through 27. Oh, did I miss a page? I did. Here we go. Very, We're on page three good. now. My, yeah. My, my heart jumped a second when you said that. I was like, oh. <laughs> 21 to 27. Now, after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia. 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 Mm-hmm. And go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. He sounds like such a tourist when he says that. I always think that. like <laughs> I've heard I gotta see Rome. I gotta go. I gotta get to Rome. (laughs) And having not sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Eratus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time arose no little disturbance concerning the way, for a name, uh, for for a name, for a name man, for a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, men, have you, men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but also, but almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into uh, disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing and that she may be disposed from her magnificence. She whom all Asia and the world worship. Wow. I had a hard time getting through that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's all right. You, you triumphed <laughs> in the end. All right. Well, so what parts of our culture does the gospel challenge in such a way that it stirs up opposition to the message of Jesus? How should Christians respond to these things? Darcy <laughs> is a, furious at not getting food so yeah yeah she's Uh, sorry she's got her scooby snacks and things like that (laughs) yeah so you know um i think we could you know think of a couple examples of this um i know like uh you know there's uh i know for example uh there's a lot of ideas today about um things that are important, things that people should care the most about. Mm. Um, and you could think like whatever a certain tribe really, what what matters really to a certain tribe, whether it be things like, um, you know, climate change or things like gas prices or whatever, <laughs> you know. And yet you're trying to, and I kind of like tagged one on like both sides of the aisle, um, and yet you're trying to vote according to Christian convictions, you know, like which uh, so like those things um, or uh, like I know, for example, a bunch of people who in the last election, I don't know why my mind keeps going to politics, really, but uh, elections coming <laughs> I up. Right? Say, isn't it right around yeah. Yeah. I know in the last election, like um, I knew a bunch of people who and you guys probably know my opinions on this, that like I think that Christians can vote differently in good conscience, although I am opinionated in certain ways. But um you know, I knew I knew a few who were like, you know, what? I'm not voting for either. 
and uh, because because they feel that that their commitment to Christ, um, you know, prohibited them in a good conscience for voting for either candidate. And you really tick people off that way because in in secular culture, politics is religion. Mm. Maybe that's why we go back to it a lot because when we when we do talk about it's the our, most obvious example of. Like when you take God out of a society, yeah. you, people something else rushes in to fill that void. Right, there is an authority <clears throat> that we're all answering to, and yep. when you take away God, that authority would be government. Yeah, yeah. I could think also of like Christian families, um, or even just individuals. Doesn't they have to be a family? But like making decisions, like to do, to make some kind of sacrifice, where where your family doesn't approve of it. Or something like that. You know, like, um, I know people who have decided to go on the missions field and, like, neither of their parents are, mm. of the couple, are believers. You know, and they're like, mm. you're going to take our grandkids away from us and things like that. Like, all kinds of stuff sure. like that. Yeah. I mean, even believing families can do that to, to kids who want to go on the mission field. Yep. Yep. I know, I know people, I had friends in seminary who had, you know, who were like, um, and this isn't to say that, like, doctors or lawyers can't be, can't be, product, like, great Christians, but, mm. you know, who decided instead to go into ministry after they were pre-med or, mm-hmm. or you know, had a, a year or so under, of law school under their belt, and their families were just, like, furious about the decision, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, so. Yeah. I like just, that. what you're saying, just made me think about this, thinking about this question, actually, in college, I had a professor, not at the Christian college I was attending, but uh, I was taking classes um, at like a state school and I had an anthropology professor who was uh, really angry because there was a group of Christians um, rescuing people out of the sex slave trade. How dare they? And well, her, she was, she was mad about it because she Mm. said these women chose to do that and now they've been removed from their chosen profession and now they have no other trade and um, it's, basically basically accusing like white christians of of imparting their beliefs and values on people who didn't want any part of it and okay that sounds I, nuts i think it's yeah <laughs> I like, but that's that's the kind of the extent yeah, yeah, what yeah. we're looking at right yeah, here. Like, yeah this yeah, guy's yeah, irate, yeah. like ah. yeah okay no i get you i get you yeah <laughs> yeah so like that's true right like um and and any kind of mission in general right the idea you're going to bring like the the what this your western religion into some other culture and tell them that, yeah, yeah, um, you should be sending food, not Bibles. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just say, I feel like it has to be said there, like there's factual inaccuracy about that too, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that, the that women who do this are choosing right, it, right? Right, but, Yeah. Right. Um, I, I mean, I remember sitting there thinking, this woman yeah. is insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but what is anyway? the right way to respond? <laughs> Telling them that they're insane or... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Only thinking it. <laughs> I think you respond by extending as many olive branches as possible. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, she clearly has concern for their well-being, for mm-hmm. their uh for how they're providing for themselves and for their families. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, calling out the good. Yeah. In in what she sees and then just kind of raising awareness of those inaccuracies that you pointed out yeah i and like have you considered x or y yeah like <laughs> maybe they were kidnapped into this <laughs> yeah 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 and in all these instances it's it's just a matter of like as a committed follower of jesus christ you can expect people who don't know him to not understand you you yeah. are going to be yeah. misunderstood and i don't expect them to understand everything that i all the choices that i make in my life um, and they don't need to, mm. but I do need to try to maintain good relationships as much as possible. I want to be as non-bridge Bernie as possible. Yeah. Okay, let's read Acts nineteen twenty-eight. Maybe 34. you should read this one because <clears throat> I. Uh... I don't mind. <laughs> Give you a break. Um, all right, twenty-eight through thirty-four. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, "Great is Artemis of the Ephesians!" So the city was filled with the confusion. And they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. But when Paul wished to go in among the crowd, the disciples would not let him. And even some of the Asiarchs, who were friends of his, sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the the theater. 
Now some cried out one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Some of the crowd prompted Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward, and Alexander, motioning with his hand, wanted to make a defense to the crowd. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, for about two hours, they all cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Mm. That's crazy. For two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we here? I don't know. (laughs) Why are we here? I don't know. It's almost like a Simpsons scene or something (laughs) like that. Yeah. um, um, So, okay. So the, the crowd that formed in verses 23 through 27 has now become an irrational mob. Luke tells us that they were so confused uh, that most of them didn't even know why they were there. This just describes 2020. This is, yeah, like (laughs) not surprising at all. And when one of Paul's companions trying to calm them down is identified as a Jew, they simply drown him out with a senseless slogan, great as Artemis of the Ephesians. Um, And one irony here that I'll point out is that this whole thing is started by Demetrius the silversmith whose yeah. motives are very questionable, right? It's, it, is it really because of your love and devotion to Artemis? Maybe, maybe he's devout. I feel like even the way he speaks, he's, it's like, he's like, no, we're, we need money. You also just, yeah, yeah, exactly. You you also just happen <laughs> to be- We made these yeah. and they're saying that they're not gods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's gonna, yeah, um, yeah. that's my personal So opinion. the person who's concerned about like uh, people being anti-pornography just happens to, you know, be a proprietor of a website. Like it's yeah, that kind of yeah, thing, yeah. you know. Um, you just happen to own a CD store without any windows on <laughs> some <laughs> some highway somewhere. Yeah. Uh, when have you seen an irrational response to the gospel and how does God want you to react? Ooh. Yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, I, the, the most blatant uh, thing I remember is uh, trying to share with a friend who I had in, whom I had in high school, whom I hadn't seen since I had become a Christian. And I remember talking about all sorts of things. And then when I mentioned, it was weird because I started talking about like going to church and his eyebrows are like up a little bit like what? And then I, and then I brought like Jesus into it, like talking as you know i personally know him like that kind of talk and i was a pretty new christian at the time and i remember as soon as i said that like he was like this is bs like i can't believe like and i just it was like you just you say the thing and he's off and just tuned out and doesn't want to doesn't want to hear anymore Mm. um i also think you have a lot of irrational responses in people who basically have preconceived notions about what God must like or what he must be like or what he must think. Um, so just because something is a popular moral fad right now, yeah, I mean, frankly, you get it in a lot of the conversation about like same sex type stuff, sure. right? Like, like I don't see how God could think this or simply because you're so convinced of this like of course if there was a god he would think exactly what i think about all these moral issues right so because he does right like most of these conversations that's and and well-meaning christians will talk this way too like why would god dot 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the second you think you're like are we talking about god here you know we're talking about a being who is omniscient and omnipotent and you think that your opinions are going to be able to determine ahead of time, like what such an individual would think about things. Mm-hmm. Like what reason do you have for thinking that like you would at all be on the same wavelength as the God who created the universe? Yeah. yeah. Um, now in terms of how God wants you to react, right. maybe that mini tirade <laughs> is not the way to do it. Again, I think we react with graciousness. I think and- um, even patiently, waiting them out i like that yes yes you know like not immediately jumping to a defense not immediately being like well you've never read the bible you don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah exactly Um, yeah (laughs) especially if it's irrational right because you you, if you're trying to come around i once had advice uh if you receive complaints from like a client like just let them they just need to get it out Mm. and get it off their chest and then usually I mean, that was like business advice, yeah. but it's true in this scenario too. Like sometimes people just need to get it out and voice it before they're even able to hear, like have a rational discussion. Yep. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so exactly. just let them go. 
know. And there's there's other there's more than one way to make an egg. You know, like you can you can approach witnessing to someone in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe it's not time for this conversation right yeah. now. Maybe yeah. they need to see something in my life or something like that. Sure. Yeah. All right, let's read that last chunk there. All right, nineteen uh, thirty-five to forty-one. Yes. Thirty-five to forty-one. Where are we here? Okay, and when the town clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, who is there who does not know that the city of Ephesians is temple keeper of the great Artemis and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky? Seeing then that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious nor blasphemous of our goddess. If therefore Demetrius and the craftsmen have with him have a complaint against anyone the courts are open <clears throat> and there are pro councils let them bring charges against one another but if you seek anything further it shall be settled in the regular assembly for we really are in danger of being charged with rioting today since there is no cause that we can give to justify this commotion and when he said these things he dismissed the assembly Okay. That's a great man of reason. I think so. In this paragraph, the town clerk, though apparently not a believer himself, although we can't know for sure, is you would think Luke would mention it if yeah. he was, is nevertheless a voice of reason, much like Gamaliel was among the Jewish leadership in Acts 5, 33-39. I'm like Barbara right now. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um so yeah, we see these voices of reason cropping up in the in the narratives of Acts, and here is one of them. Mm. Um, where have you seen an unbelieving voice of reason in our day, and how can Christians use these voices for the advancement of the gospel and the goodwill of our world? So I'll go ahead and say that you know I think that uh, I I have brought politics into it a couple times, right? <laughs> how, do it again. how we interact with that, and that's not going to stop me from doing it again. <laughs> But I think that for all you keep all the things that I've said in mind, right? That like like just because you say it's Christian, it's not really Christian, and you know we need to be careful about like yoking ourselves to one movement or another. Um, here, like it, nevertheless, um, there are there are things that the ways in which we can use messages that have resonance in our culture. Um, to meet people where they're at, right? So um, I think, I think uh, you know, Ryan mentioned in his sermon a few weeks ago how he was talking to a dad at a soccer game or, or football or lacrosse game or something like that. And when he said he was a pastor, he was expecting like, oh, but rather he got, oh, you really need to do something about what's going on in our culture right now. You know, yeah. like that, that kind of thing. Like, and we shouldn't be so constrained that we can only use voices on the left or only use voices on the right for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is a lot of, a well, lot of just because something way. is labeled as Christian doesn't make it Christian, but something that is true is always true, whether it's yes. Christian labeled as Christian or not. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the case here. What he's saying to the crowd is true. Nobody mm-hmm. can argue it. And um, it happens to serve serve the purpose yeah i mean a really vivid example right now i think is elon musk's purchase of twitter right (laughs) like for better or for worse like this has re-sparked the conversation about free speech and there are certain ways in which in which the christian message has been a target of people Mm -hmm. who are anti-free speech right and so i think those who advocate for the open marketplace of ideas in our culture um, you know, that's something that can be used for the advancement of the gospel. And so we should, you know, um, yeah. when, when we do find voices of reason, what considerations should we keep in mind to maintain a spirit of discernment and wisdom? So you have a leader's note here that says at the beginning of this lesson, uh, don't, said, don't worry about that. That's not connected to the question. Oh, that's all, I had nowhere else to stuff that. So I put it at the end. <laughs> never mind. So, I'll read yeah. that on, on your own. No. <laughs> all right. So the question is, what considerations should we keep in mind to maintain a spirit of discernment and wisdom? Yeah. With these voices. So I guess kind of like what we were on, like, like, yeah. Um, first of all, like, I think you have to be a little careful, like knowing that, like how hard you yoke yourself to any one individual or any one set of opinions uh, because they, they could be wrong or these people could have other like crazy things that they bring into yeah. it. You know, I think another current example would be Kanye West, right? <laughs> like a lot of people were like really psyched to, to hear his like Christian stuff that he was sure. putting out. 
And but some of the stuff that he's been talking about lately, kind of like you know, and if you yoke yourself to an individual like that, it's like all right, you're along for the ride. Right. I. It's you basically know. identifying. Okay, this thing that they said that is true, but mm-hmm. this other thing that they said yeah. that you is not true. It's not. Yeah. It's not just taking all of it together and yeah. and buying in fully. So it's so we have to be very wary about attaching ourselves to tribes or individuals. Mm. Yeah. You know. The tribe that we should be in is Disciples of Jesus. Yep. Um, yeah. So, okay. And then I finish off here, as I said, with this note about um, this possibility that Paul may have ended up in prison in Ephesus. So for those of you groups who are more like, I don't want to say Bible study-ish because you're all Bible <laughs> studies, but, you know, you might find this interesting. Uh, this is, you know, definitely an idea among scholars of Paul. Um, that Luke just doesn't mention it here because he's not doing it. But there are some examples from his letters that might suggest that Paul spent some time in jail there and that several of what we consider to be prison epistles like Philippians, Colossians, the book of Philemon, which would have been sent with Colossians, were written from Ephesus because the other big candidate is Rome. Um, and we um, uh, Rome seems unlikely with, for, for those for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, namely the distance. So, okay. Uh, prayer time. Praise God for the ways that he has brought about radical repentance in your life and ask him for help in putting to death the sin that remains and pray for God's sustained help for you to be faithful to his word, even when doors seem shut and even when it means opposition. Awesome. And with that, thank you. We are signing off. <laughs> thank you, Darcy. Thank you. <laughs> You didn't have me coughing today, but I brought my noise anyway. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, whatever you do, stay away from the blackberry cucumber. Yep. And, <laughs> At all costs. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. So until then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.